Welcome to the Marion Road Christian Church Podcast. Marion Road exists to glorify God through worship, sharing the good news, making and developing disciples, and serving others. And before Fred comes to speak, I'll be reading from the book of Romans, uh, chapter 5, starting with verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned, for before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account where there is no law. Nevertheless, sin reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as Adam did, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the sin is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift which came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was the condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as, for, as, through, the obe just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was added so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, before I begin this morning, I want to say, Monty, that the applause you experienced is good-natured, of course, because we, we love you and we like the uh, dynamic that we have with you. And if I could, I just want to say a word uh, about Monty. I've been a preacher and a professor teacher for a very long time, and I think we've developed a, a bad habit in the West where we create these cults around preachers and sometimes the preachers are responsible for that themselves in their desire for influence in their desire uh, to gain following they don't let anybody church and one of the things I love about Monty is he's young he's gifted he's energetic he's talented and Monty you're a humble young man and in his humility Monty has invited other people to stand in this but and to speak to the church because he doesn't desire to have the things that that's earthly pride and arrogance sometimes require. He didn't ask me to say that, but it's important. It's important that we hear that because it's not often that you have a gifted young preacher allow other people to step into his pulpit. So, Monty, we love you. Thanks for uh, allowing some of us old dudes 
to share the Word of God uh, with the congregation. And I'm an old dude. I remember when I was your age and I had hair. I hate death. It is a bitter experience of loss that we all face. It is inescapable. It is inevitable. But I hate it. My earliest memory of death came when I was a boy. And I confess to you that Many of the details in the 35 plus years since I recall this day. When my family learned that my cousin Roger, who was a student at Ozark Christian College, made a very terrible and momentary decision that cost him his life. Roger was a righteous young man. Even at a very young age, we could tell that this young man would one day stand in a pulpit as did his father and his uncle declare the word of God with great power and influence. A young and righteous life cut short and we will never know the impact his preaching would have had upon the world. I remember that day and the agony and the pain that my family felt. On more than one occasion, I have been present when an old man drew his last breath on this earth, and it is nothing short of disorienting to hear the ragged breath of life in one instance and the silence and emptiness of death in the next. As a grandson and a nephew, I have stood the pulpit and preached the funerals of men and women I have loved with a deep and abiding love. I think of my grandma and Grandpa Murphy, my Uncle Charlie Murphy, my great Aunt Edna Dement, my Grandpa Roy Martin, people I loved and honored in death. As a student in spiritual stun, I stood on the stage of Lincoln Christian University and I had to speak at the death of my mentor and spiritual father, the late Dr. Robert Lowry, whose shoes... I have to tell you, I have found are just too large to fill. I hate death. As a pastor, I have buried men killed too young by drunkenness, a woman cut down in her youth by car, a car accident, a little girl in her tiny pink casket ravaged by leukemia. I hate death. As a husband and a father, I have grieved the loss of at least two children with my wife whom I have never met the womb. Now, my wife will confirm to you that I have this fanciful imagination that often dreams of living in far-off and remote places. More than once, I have tried to drag her to the Yukon to build a cabin saying that the squirrels need a preacher too. But friends, there are days when I put that imagination to use and I wonder what those children that we have lost would be like. I know that one day I will meet them in a far off and seemingly remote place called heaven. But I do wonder if they're anything at all like their sister Madeline or their brother Parker. And of course, 
realize that if they were anything like Madeline or Parker, what little bit of hair I have that still clings to my scalp would have fallen off long ago. I, I tell you all of those things because I can stand here before you today and say with all honesty, integrity, and far too much experience that I hate death. It leaves an acrid aftertaste in my soul. I don't like it. And I don't like to talk about it. And yet, death is a reality. And if we are to understand the book of Romans, and if we are to understand Romans chapter 5, from which Dennis read to you today, then death is something with which we must come face to face. You will recall several weeks ago, Monty began preaching a series of sermons from the book of Romans entitled Salvation Spaces. The book of Romans reminds us of God's work through Jesus Christ, how he has brought to us salvation and life out of death. And Monty, in teaching the book of Romans, has given to us each week a word that we need to understand and an image upon which we can hang our hats. He has taught us about, taught us about words like propitiation and justification and reconciliation. And Whitney has painted for us images of battlefields and courtrooms and throne rooms, which you can see in the back. If you have not already gone back and listened to those sermons online and read the book of Romans again, I want to encourage you to do that. I want you to immerse yourself in this book and in these words and in these images as you try to grow in your understanding of God. And in keeping with that series this morning, as we come into Revela or Revelation, as we come into Romans chapter 5, the word upon which we will focus is a word called and the image that has been given to us today is that of a birthing room or a maternity ward. Unlike uh, the idea of resurrection, it is important for us to distinguish this word regeneration, to be born again, to have new birth or rebirth. It is the giving of life out of death. And Resurrection refers to our bodies as they will gain life after death. Regeneration has more of a spiritual sense. It is the renewal of our souls, the restoration of a stained inner being because of sin. And although we will not find exactly the word regeneration in Romans chapter 5, the idea of moving from death to life in a spiritual sense is in fact there and I would encourage you to look for it. And since our word is about rebirth or inner renewal, our image today is that of the birthing room to try to call attention act or this great idea of life. But before we can talk about life or spiritual rebirth or regeneration, we must first speak of death. As I've already mentioned to you, it's an uncomfortable topic, yet when we read the book of Romans, if we are to ignore the topic of death, we are to ignore Paul's ideas. You see, no other book in the New Testament speaks or writes of death more than the book of Romans. And it's not just that death 
Paul's idea, but by extension, it is within the purpose of God for us to come face to face with the idea of death so that he can bring to face with the idea of life. Not only does Romans talk more about death than any other book in the New Testament, but beginning here in chapter 5, as Dennis has read for you, and carrying through chapter 8, these four chapters give us the longest and most extensive treatise on death in the New Testament. We have to talk about death if we're going to read the book of Romans. The question is, why or how? You see, it's my opinion that the Apostle Paul writes about death so much because the book of Romans also talks more about sin than any other book in the New Testament. And what you're going to find is that sin and death are two themes woven like a fabric together in the New Testament, but especially in the book of Romans. And they are woven together because one leads to the other. The clearest theme of the book, one of the clearest themes of the book of Romans is that we have to come face to face with death because it is a consequence of sin. And because we are all sinners and this world is stained by sin, death is a reality. In fact, before we come to chapter 5, if you were to read Romans from beginning to end, and I would encourage you to do that, the first four chapters key in on the plight of humanity in its relationship with God. Starting in chapter 1, verse 18, the Apostle Paul makes us aware that all of us are And as a consequence of our sin, and as a consequence of Adam's sin, death has come into the world, and our sin separates us from God. And God's wrath is being poured out against all humanity as a result, unless something changes it. Friends, I hate death, and we should all hate death, because death is the earned wage of our sin. Romans chapter 6, from which Monty will preach next week, summarizes as anything, the wages of sin is death. The book of Romans brings us face to face with the reality of death because it brings us face to face with the reality of sin. In his book entitled The Faith Once for All, the theologian Jack Cottrell reminds us that one of the reasons we need to talk about sin is because it is a concept that is lost in the Western world. See, I believe that the Apostle Paul talks about death and sin so much because he needs to bring us to the very basic reality that apart from Jesus Christ, we are completely lost. And when we are completely lost, we are subject to death. We're subject to death because of sin. And in the Greco-Roman world, a world that worshipped many gods and had different ideas of morality and immorality, they had no concept of what sin was. And that ancient world that had no concept or understanding of sin is just like our Western world today. People in our world today will talk about making mistakes or stumbling or having faults, but no one wants to talk about sin. And no one wants to define it well. And I think Paul does that 
in the book of Romans for us and for his first audience so that we can come face to face with what it is to be separated from God. Sin is any evil action or any evil motive that is in opposition to God and the Apostle Paul makes it clear what that looks like in Romans. When we commit acts of sexual immorality, we sin and as a consequence of that subject, Adam, to death. When we slander, when we gossip, when we engage in hatred or malice, we to sin or we are sinning and therefore we are subject to death. That's what sin is. Opposition to God shown by our actions. But I want you to know this. As much as I have experienced physical death and as much as have come into contact with it and I hate it, it is important for us to realize that the consequence of sin is not just physical death. There is something far greater at stake that the Apostle Paul is talking about here in this book and chapter 5. When he says that when Adam sinned and therefore death came into the world and all people are subject to death because of their sin, he's not just talking about our subjection to physical death. See, the New Testament makes it very clear that there is something we call spiritual death or what the book of Revelation calls second death. And that is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. You see, it is one thing for every person to be subject to physical death as a consequence of sin, but it is entirely something else to be subject to spiritual death because of our separation from God. To spend all eternity apart from Him is a death we do not want to know. It seems like a difficult subject to talk about sin and death. And yet it is an important one. It's an important one because until we know the reality of what our life is like apart from God, we cannot fully comprehend the good news it, that it is that Paul shares with us this morning in Romans chapter 5. When we talk about sin and death, we can also understand that God has good news for us. And that good news is his grace. See, one of the things that can be lost in the book of Romans, because he talks, Paul talks so much about sin and death, is the idea of God's grace. See, you can find article after article and book after book that talk about the book of Romans and how much it talks about sin and death. But one of the more important things about the book of Romans is that no book in the New Testament also talks more about God's grace than this little book. When we are faced with the reality of sin and death, we should be asking ourselves, are we going to be stuck in this state? Are we going to be left in this sinful state? And the answer to that, according to Romans chapter 5 and most other, other chapters in this book, is no. You see, death is an uncomfortable topic and so is sin. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. But I submit to you that by recognizing these topics, by understanding the consequences of sin and death, 
we better understand the opportunity that God gives us to recognize and accept his grace. One of the things that Dennis read to you in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21, was that just as sin and death entered the world through Adam, grace and life come to us through Jesus Christ. And this is the promise of Romans. We deserve to die because of our sin. But God in His grace sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place, to take our sin, our guilt, and our shame upon Himself. And therefore, God extends us the free gift of His grace in righteousness. It's a good gift. And it is a gift that results in life. Friends, I hate death. Death is bitter. Death is galling. Death is acrid. But as much as I hate death, I love life. And that's what I love about this chapter that Paul writes to us in Romans chapter 5. It is a reminder to us that we do to be stuck in a life of sin and we do not have to be stuck in a life of death but if we are willing to follow Jesus Christ if we are willing to unite ourselves with him in the waters of baptism and receive the Holy Spirit as Monty will talk about in the coming weeks then God offers to us the free gift of his grace and righteousness through Jesus Christ and we can be moved from death to eternal life that's what regeneration is is all about. That is life. We have an opportunity to move from a place where death sits upon a throne as king to a place where life reigns supreme. And it is a good place to be. I want you to know that if Romans chapter 5 and Romans chapter 6 and other chapters in this book are to be believed, and I think that they are, there is very little that we can do of our own power to move from death to life. Except for one thing. And that is to accept God's gift. You see, I have lived a life of sin. I am still a sinner. And I know that if it were not for the power of God working in my life, I could not have been regenerated. Nothing could have moved me from the state of being that I once existed in except for the power of God. What Romans will teach us and what Romans does teach us, particularly in chapters 5 and 6, is that when we unite ourselves with Jesus Christ, he pours the Holy Spirit into our hearts and by the work of the Holy Spirit, because of Jesus Christ, he renews and restores our inner being so that one day not only will, be, will we be resurrected from the dead physically, but we will be uh, enabled to spend eternal life with God in his presence rather than to experience a second death or a spiritual death. And that is a good thing. When God's Spirit regenerates us, regenerates us, moves us from death to life, there is nothing better. I started by telling you that I hated death. 
And I want to end by telling you that I love life. The life that comes only by God's grace through Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit. I remember the day that my children were born. I can remember it like it was yesterday and I can draw you a picture in great detail of their birthing room which looked a little bit different than the one you see here. I remember that day at Memorial Hospital in Springfield, Illinois when Madeline came very quickly and I thought she was going to be born in a parking lot. How is that for a birthing room image? And I remember with great pride how the nurse nearly had to fight me in order to take her from my arms and to run a health checkup on her to make sure that everything was okay. I thought I was joking when I told her she would have to fight me for her. She didn't take it that way. I remember beaming with pride when Parker was born and the doctor placed him in my arms and I marveled at how much hair that boy had on the top of his head. Are you getting the theme? Perhaps it's because today happens to be my birthday and I'm keenly aware of my age that I'm also keenly aware of how much hair I don't have and how much hair he does have. As beautiful as those days of their birth were, and as much as I remember them, more important to me are the days that I remember when my children were reborn, when they were regenerated by the work of the Holy Spirit. I remember that Sunday morning in Lincoln Christian Church in Lincoln, Illinois, when my daughter decided today was the day to give her life to Jesus Christ and she let her father baptize her in the waters of their baptistry. I remember how she stood in her little dress down in front of the congregation after worship that day and her grandpa Dennis and several of my mentors and closest friends with whom I taught at Lincoln Christian University gathered around her and prayed that the Spirit of God would be a powerful influence in her life and they served her her first communion. What a day that is. What a day of rebirth and renewal. I remember in the old building of Marion Church of Christ in Marion Township when Parker Reed came forward and I got to take his confession of faith and baptize him in the baptistry there. What a day of rebirth many of you will remember. I remember that little boy standing beside me, a hulking mass of a man, and he a tiny boy, never taking his eyes off his father as he confessed. And some of you to this day and faith he placed in me to accept his confession, never removing his eyes from mine. I love that memory. I remember the day of my own rebirth, my own renewal, the day of my own regeneration. When in a tiny little church in Iowa, I submitted to the waters of baptism while wearing a Chicago Bears t-shirt that I had just stolen from a department store two weeks before. <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. Why would anybody steal a Chicago Bears t-shirt? <laughs> I often wonder the same thing myself. Yes. Dr. Was a thief and a liar. 
On that day, the Spirit of God began a work in me, and he has been faithful and will be faithful to complete it, and in that I trust. As much as I hate death, I love life, and I love life eternal that comes to us through God's grace because of the work of Jesus Christ and the power of his when Adam and Eve made that faithful, fateful decision to bring into the world, there was only one thing great enough to overcome it, and that was God's gift of grace through Jesus Christ. And that gift of righteousness is available to all who would believe in Him and submit themselves to the regenerative power of the Spirit. It is an invitation that is still open and available to you to this day, and it is a gift that I would beg of you to receive without delay. Let's watch this video. Imagine those moments that pass through sleep. The clock keeps ticking. The world keeps spinning. Your lungs keep breathing. Finally, you simply awake. Your mind becomes alert. The world becomes accessible to you once more as you rise and walk into your day. The same mystery that helps us regain our sense of the world also stands behind our first entrance into it. Unable to define the boundaries of our own existence, they were given to us. This hair, this skin, these bones, our DNA woven together to produce something so complex it bears the mark of a designer, one whose intelligence transcends our seismic galaxies and touches the smallest particles. Only he has the power to give life because he is life. God is being itself, letting the physical partake of the organic and experience existence. Yet this life is decaying disrupted and contaminated by a sort of spiritual virus within. It distorts everything it touches, making us unable to pull ourselves back into bloom and beauty. How strange that he would write himself into this brokenness, into the physical, to grow his own skin and bones, to walk and work and sweat. But it was to heal the brokenness, to reverse the decay, to interrupt that spiritual death and wake us from sleep, to give birth once more to a life who can have access to the world and its maker. This is regeneration. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged by this message given by our own senior pastor, Monty French.